Hello, everybody. This is Colby Berg and Kurt Pruitt on the Thoughts Insider Head podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Today is a very, very special episode. We sat down with our good friend, James Kowser, who plays for the Oakland Raiders. We're really excited to share our conversation. We think it turned out awesome. Uh, Berg, tell me other stuff real quick. So, to be honest, we are planning on uh, doing a little bit more with this episode. Uh, we had some mailbag questions, lots of submissions, which we appreciate. Keep those coming. If we don't address them, well, to be honest, we're not going to address them in this podcast because the conversation with James ran a little bit longer in the best possible way. Um, he was rolling and, and had a lot of great things to say. So we're going to make that an individual episode, which you'll hear here shortly. And then we'll take care of, uh, we'll address the mailbag questions, which again, we do appreciate. We'll also have a couple other segments that we've been working on uh, for the next episode when that comes. Yeah. So without further ado, everybody, here is our conversation with James Kowser. joined by a very very special guest one of our good friends going back all the way to i'm gonna say eighth grade mm-hmm. um this person used to uh, he was actually our ta in gym class he was in seventh grade i was in eighth grade uh we worked on some mean post moves in the paint together some people may know him as king james that's his halo name other people may know him as marth aka the long arm of the law other people may know him as Cow's, da- Cow's Town, excuse mm. me, aka Oakland Raiders defensive end, linebacker, special teams wizard, James Cowser. What's up, dude? Dude, how do you know King James? That is like Halo 1, original Halo name. I gotta be honest, dude. I saw you killed King James a lot. In the <laughs> oh, shut playing up. with BG, yeah, playing shut with- up. You killed my King James. <laughs> shut up, dude. I was like, God, don't see me on freaking uh, boarding action snipers. <laughs> Yo, boarding for the people out there, who played boarding, boarding action, action snipers dude. is sick. It was capture the flag on Hang'em High. Oh, that's where it's at. All though. snipes. Oh yeah, boarding action. Is Meet great. Mitch on the rover ramp. Shouts to rover. A lot of people think that uh, all of our friends are maybe jocks and you know at brainless brainless athletes, and maybe that's where we became friends. But little do people know that Halo is one of the main things that pulled all of our friends together from all sorts of different interests. Uh, Halo, the trenches in people's basements in junior year, or no, excuse me, uh, junior high is what really cemented the friendships. Of course, we played sports growing up and uh, essentially from junior high on, but um, yeah, we forged our friendships in, in basements late night, summer the nights. Land Ethernet cords. Ethernet cords. Yeah. So, uh, hold on, Burke, can, yeah, can we take a step back real quick? I don't want yeah. any listeners to believe by any stretch of the imagination that I was ever an athlete. Um, definitely a Halo <laughs> player, but let's not let's not pool me in people that deserve to be called athletes. I definitely was not uh, in that category. I'm a very casual athlete, everybody. Uh, Berg, carry on, please. Yeah, well, <laughs> to kind of piggyback off of that, uh, I enjoy the occasional uh, you know exercise, lift, sport, whatever. Um, James invited me to work out with him yesterday. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so we, we, we got a little exercise in at a place by my house, the Rockwell, 
uh, the Rockwell gym. It's a pretty cool outdoor gym. And honestly, I thought I was an athlete and then I woke up this morning and uh, I told, I texted cows. I told them that my hand, my hamstrings felt like frozen Laffy Taffies. <laughs> They're just tight as can be. I couldn't move. What? I, uh, I rolled out of bed. And so when it comes down to it, we have one true athlete amongst us and that that's James. And we're, we're stoked to have him here to chat, to chat with him. Heck yeah, dude. He did good. He's lying to you. Yeah, I'm sure. Hey, but real quick, I got to give myself some service. I am a back-to-back WFFL champ, Bantam League. <laughs> Shout out Cam Turnbo, Steve Pitcher, uh, Zach Hazeldine, <laughs> Tom Barnes. Uh, we ran it back, baby. 2004 Bantam champs. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> you were back-to-back in Bantam? Back-to-back, dude. I played up with uh, Martineau and those guys and then came back and played oh. with the kids my age and Okay. I got two plaques in my wall at home to to prove it, you know? Heck yeah. I love the the Martino name drop. I would drop that name wherever I could. <laughs> whatever whatever he touches turns to gold. But uh James is here. Obviously, uh he plays with the Raiders. He plays for the Raiders. They're based in Oakland. We are currently in Utah. So what are you doing up here, dude? Dude, I'm just trying to get away for a little bit. You know, we we just got done with OTA, so I've been doing nine weeks out there, pretty much just practice and then just got a little time off to get away, get in shape, and get ready for camp. So OTA, is that mostly classroom type stuff? Are you out on the field? What are, what are you doing? So it's split up into three phases. The first phase is like just classroom, classroom and lifting. And then phase that goes for about two weeks, and then phase two is for three weeks, and that's classroom lifting, and then you get 45 minutes of individual work with your coach. And then phase three is practice. That's OTAs. That's mandatory minicamp. That's area like full speed practice, just no shoulder pads. Okay, I got you. So you in, uh, is, that, is that Napa or is that in Oakland? So that's in Oakland, in our facility in Alameda. Napa's training camp, which is what's coming up. Okay, cool. So you got a little bit of time off before, before spring? Or before, uh, <laughs> yeah, not spring. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> before you got to report to camp? Yeah, exactly. Got you. No, here's, here's a question right off the bat for you. Um, it's something that I've always wondered and I've never really had an opportunity to ask you. Yeah. So you're... I don't want to get into, you know, too much like upcoming and upbringing that we had, but let's just say you grew up in a town that's like ninety-five percent white middle class, <laughs> and you're thrown into a league. I, I'm not trying to turn this into anything like that, but you're thrown into a league where there's a lot of cultural differences than you. Yeah, uh, it, yeah. What's that? What's that honestly like? Like you get thrown into it. Is there anyone that you kind of just hang out with, or you, I, you're a guy that gets along with everybody? So I think I know where this question's gonna go. But yeah. what's it like, kind of just like being in that culture of like football players all around you that came from completely different backgrounds than yourself? So like I think honestly going to college helped just because I mean that was like the in between, right? So it's Southern Utah, Cedar City, where you get just like dudes like me, just white dudes who grew up in Utah, and then you get Vegas and Cali kids, and then, um, like, my roommate, my first roommate was from Oakland, and I remember, so I had a roommate from Oakland, and I had a, another roommate from Layton, and he, the kid from Layton, Carl Williams, you might know, he, uh, so he has family from, like, Tampa Bay and stuff, so I couldn't, uh, I couldn't understand my roommate from Oakland, neither could my other buddy, we couldn't understand him for three days, so, like, it was, like, a transition period, but then after that, it was all cool, but then you go to Oakland, like, with the Raiders, and you know, I mean, it's it's more about dealing with people and how they see you versus how you see them. Because I mean, I know in my heart, like I'm not racist or nothing. I don't got anything against anybody. No, yeah. But like, they they honestly, like my teammates. When I say they, gotta be careful. My teammates would see me a certain way just because of how, I mean, they've been treated in the past, their upbringing by white people, which is sad. 
So, I mean, they're a little cautious. But then once, like, your goofy self comes out, they realize that you're just, like, a weirdo and not a racist weirdo, everything's cool. Yeah, no, and you answered that question. I like how you answered that second half, uh, describing kind of – that's what I was getting at, and I didn't answer it well. So, I'm glad you kind of got to what I was getting at there. So, I appreciate that. Dude, it's all good. We grew up together. I know where you're going. <laughs> Thank you. It kind of reminds me of uh, that scene on Remember the Titans where, uh, I mean, more sunshine shows up, and at first – their way, the the team is pretty taken aback. You know, who's yeah. this kid? That uh, you know, this pretty boy that with the long hair showing up, and you know, there's a little bit of uh, you would say almost caution there. Yeah. And then before you know it, they just realize he's you know he's kind of a goofball. And he's got not a harmful bone in his body. And uh, dude, I was called Sunshine for my first two years. Hey, like they wouldn't call me Sunshine my first. They wouldn't call me Cowser for my first year. And then people that carried over called me Sunshine. So that's a pretty good analogy. That's awesome, man. Um. Okay, so I'm I'm there's one thing too I kind of want to get into. I don't know if you've been asked this before. Um but let's go back to 2016, you just coming out of college, right? Uh yeah. So for people who don't know, Cal's played at a smaller school, Southern Utah University. Shout out T-Birds. Um Go T-Birds. You had a good career there, right? So you you broke I think it was Jared Allen's records of career sack totals and tackle for a loss. So so Jared Allen's records were conference records they weren't national oh. records, but i got i got them both there we go so um yeah so you had a good career there and i remember this time because i was actually pretty invested myself you know i have a chance to watch my friend get drafted into the nfl you know that's not something everyone gets to talk uh, about yeah. right and yeah and that was I, I think you know i'm a pretty big nfl guy and that's actually the first time i ever watched like all seven rounds i mean but let's be honest, like, can you call yourself an NFL guy if you like the Redskins? Hey, let's, Ooh, <laughs> let's, not, hot. let's not take shots, dude. Let's, let's, all right, all right, I see where you're going. I like, I like a semi-pro team, I get that. Um, <laughs> hey, they whooped us last time we played, <laughs> so I can't say much. Oh, man, I, I wanted to ask you about that, but we'll save that for a personal conversation. So, anyway, I remember I was, I was you know, like, reading into, like, oh, where's Cows are going to go? And I, I think I saw, like, mock drafts with you as high as, like, the early... F- Early fourth round, maybe? Um, yep, that's about where it was. Right. So, kind of a two-part question. One, it's probably hard to stay away from the noise. So, like, what was your agent telling you? Is there conversations like, hey, so-and-so liked your worked out. I can see you going here. Um, you know, team X, Y, or Z really liked you. You might go there. And then the second half of this question is you ended up not getting drafted. What – were, were you what was that like kind of having an expectation of maybe getting drafted mm-hmm. to not and did you ever get discouraged did you ever feel like were you disappointed like you could be honest with us now you don't you don't need to give us that typical like oh i'm just happy i made it to the league answer like we're no, I'll be, I'll be legit. Yeah, yeah yeah i got you go ahead all right first part of the question um i wouldn't say that like the team's talking is noise like that's like everything you're doing for everything like for you sure. need to know what's going on you know what i mean it's like when when you're in when you're playing in a game like what people are texting you and tweeting at you that's noise where you put it apart but like knowing what teams think about you is like business what your career depends on yeah exactly yeah. and so obviously your, your agents talking to people they're calling all everyone they know you're talking to scouts all the time you're getting feedback from like the all-star games you go to and the combine and your pro day just talking with scouts yourself and so like that's kind of what we were getting it was like people liked me they had me at draftable grades and so like that's what we were hearing going into it and then the second part freaking draft day so I knew I wasn't going on the first day. I wasn't not a first rounder. I knew the second day, which second third rounds were going to be like miracle status, right? Like right. If something happened to be the craziest thing in the world. So like I was like, 
kind of paying attention, but not really. But then that third day, so the last day, it was like, all right, here we go. Had a couple of buddies over. It was like my family. And I'm telling you, when that was like the darkest day of my life, like I'm not exaggerating, dude. Like it was, it was the worst. Like it felt like that day lasted for probably a year and a half. And like even after the draft, so like right after the draft, I lied before the draft. Really, like in the sixth and seventh rounds, teams are calling you. So your phone's blowing up with like Minnesota numbers and San Francisco numbers. And you're like, oh, this is it, the call. And they're like, hey, we want to sign you after the draft. Oh. And you're like, oh, no. And so the draft ends. You don't get drafted. And like the world's top just fell over on you. And my phone was just blowing up. I had a ton of offers. But you have to decide then. Like it is within five minutes of the draft, I uh, made my decision to go to the Raiders. Uh Uh-huh. So it's just it's it's right then. Did did you and your agent did you guys had you already did you kind of have a board on on teams that you feel like you'd fit best with that you were like okay when it comes down to crunch time like Kinda. if we get these kind of offers from these specific teams we want like to prioritize these over other teams kind of like you have it in your head but we all thought I was going to draft this so we didn't even bother really but like I knew like I knew the Raiders liked me I knew the Raiders had a position where I maybe could make a play for something but then like when it came down to it my agent actually wanted me to go to Dallas. Oh. So it was the, th- the three were Dallas, San Francisco, and uh, Oakland. And then I kind of wrote off San Francisco. I was like, I don't think I want to go there. And then it was between Dallas and Oakland. Oh, good choice, Kyle. Freaking, Holy hell. Freaking just, <laughs> uh, dude, I, well, I almost went to Dallas. I freaking just prayed about it and then went with my gut right there. And I actually waited too long. I waited like five minutes, so I lost a signing bonus of like, I probably lost $10,000 just waiting a few minutes. Seriously? That's a. Uh, yeah, dude. That's crazy. That's like. That's a whole quarter of me making tech sales, and you just lost it in a few minutes. <laughs> oh, dude. Oh. Well, we can talk about lost money, dude. That draft, I felt like I lost a couple million right there. You probably, so what was $10,000? Yeah, you probably did to you know not rub salt in that wound that's still probably. No, but like for real, like that day, I still think about it. It's like I remember living it in the sense that like it was weird. Like a weird haze where like I felt like I was going to wake up. Uh-huh. And then you start like getting to the point where like you like start like wishing you'd wake up you know what I mean like it felt to that point where it's just like dude I don't this can't be real it was like probably the most devastating thing that's ever happened to me so at some point you literally felt like you were living your nightmare no you were just I, honestly I was wishing I was living a nightmare I mean I, okay. I was in a nightmare yeah like the nightmare sounded like the best possible option because it just couldn't be real and it sucked because then like you got to add on top like the factors of like all the shame you feel just because like like you said like you knew everybody's watching you, you come from a small school like you did big things, so you feel like kind of ashamed. You feel like you let people down. You feel like you let yourself down pretty much. And then like nobody – and then like being drafted and undrafted, I already knew it, but I didn't fully understand it. It's a, it's a different world. Like you're on a lot shorter leash. And so like you knew you just lost yourself any benefit of the doubt for the rest of your career. Stuff like that. And so all that kind of hits you all within the span of like an hour. It was rough, dude. It sucked. I remember uh... – Kurt and I were actually posted up in Kurt's grandma's basement. We watched every we watched every pick of that draft, and obviously, you know, we're in your camp from day one. Always have been, and it was it was tough for us because like, man, we like obviously we had nothing but respect, and we knew you're going to make it to the NFL regardless mm. of where you're going, you know, if you get picked or not or whatever. And I just remember being in a position like, oh man, should we text him? Like, we don't have to pound it on him, you yeah. know, or anything like that. So I think we laid off, but uh, it's tough. That man. was a uh, that was a weird, rough weird time for you. That was a rough time for real. Oh man, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go down a little bit. Another, it might be an emotional roller coaster. I don't know. I'm gonna read to you 
This is on, I got this from your Wikipedia page. I don't know if this is real or not, but I'm going to read to you your signing in I waves. Have a Wikipedia page. <laughs> yeah, you have it. Sweet. Oh. Okay. Oh, you want to talk about my signing waves just this last year? No, listen, listen to this. Okay, I just kind of want to go over since we kind of talked about like the life of a small school kid didn't get drafted, and then this is a roller coaster. So people kind of can get some context around what you've been through. Yeah. You know, trying to stick in the league and stuff like that. So September third, two thousand sixteen, you were waived um, for I think an injury by the Raiders and. Pl- Placed on IR. Didn't you get a concussion that last preseason game? Like you were killing. I remember yep. you were killing the preseason, and then yep. like yep. second half of that game, you got a concussion. Bad, a bad yep. one. Okay, I remember mm-hmm. that. I remember watching that live. September tenth, you were released from the Raiders injured reserve, and then you were signed to the practice squad on October fourth, two thousand sixteen, yep. and promoted to the active roster. November 26, 2016. So that's your first year in the league. You eventually make the active roster. Can right, you so go l- into that? Let me, give bit? You, let, let me give you that. Let's talk about that. Uh, coming to OTAs, I was third, third and fourth string. I practiced pretty well, got myself battling for backup position. Coming to camp, I play. Who are you backing up? K Mack and uh, Bruce Irvin. So uh, I'm with the twos. I'll start balling in preseason. I'm doing good. And then the second game, I like. The thing they don't tell you about preseason is when you're a rookie and like a lower level player like I've kind of been, you play everything and all the time. So I'm freaking dead. Like I'm gassed. I went from punt to defense to punt return to freaking touchdown, like all in the span of whatever. So run down a touchdown and then you go and you got to play defense again. And like the whole world's watching what you're doing. So we have a play where they run a, what we call it, just like a wide flash. So the tight end goes behind the line of scrimmage after the snap, tries to block you and they ran a boot off of it. Well, our rule is you have to get underneath the tight end, but they ran a boot, so you have to pull up the boot. So I have to be under the tight end and outside the tight end simultaneously, right? Yeah. K. Matt can do that, <laughs> right? But when it's James Cowser, it's a little more difficult. I need to have a gap. That play happened. My coach just freaked out at me. Didn't play me in the third preseason game at all. Just because that they one wouldn't play. Practice me. They wouldn't practice me. They wouldn't play me. They gave up on me. They quit. I'm telling you, one play, they quit on me. And this is after I've been balling. And then... uh we go into the fourth preseason game. I'm like, freight, my career is on the line. Like, this is do or die for me. Because, I mean, an undrafted dude that gets cut without playing a single game, it's hard to do anything after that. Go in. They're not playing me. They're not playing. They're not playing me. And then they put me like, they, that week they switched my positions to more of a dropping linebacker, but still on the line. And he's like, <laughs> my coach to another player is like, hey, you go play Sam, which they had me at. He just straight up passed me up. In front of my face. He said, you go play Sam. And the kid's like, I'm sorry. I don't know Sam. He's like, do you know Sam? He's like, uh, not really. And I stepped up right there. I said, I know it. Put me in. We go out that series. We don't even play base where the Sam's needed. We just play nickel, which is a D end. The kid didn't need to know anything. That's when I got my sack safety. Uh-huh. Wow. That series. Yeah, exactly. Crazy. Go down, get a tackle on kickoff. Balling. Boom. Lights out. Next kickoff. They tell me I can either go on IR. They told me that I would have made the team, actually, after that game. They're like, yeah, we would have put you on the squad. Either IR, I'm done for the season, or I choose to get cut, and I have to place a, like deal with the penalty of three weeks where they can't touch me. But other teams can, but they didn't because they were afraid of my concussion. Waiver wire, right? Not, 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 not That's a little different. So this is like if you, get, if you get injured, released on the last preseason game, it's like a loophole. That team can't re-sign you until three weeks after you've been cleared. So I was, I cleared myself for concussion after a week, and then I had another three-week ban. So I was at home for a month. P-Squad, my buddy got hurt, activated me. 
boom, played the last seven games. Uh, so compare that moment to where your lights out, you know, those ups and downs, like to not getting drafted that day to feeling like it completely got ripped out of your hands. Like you, you're like, okay, I can actually work my way up to this. Like I have a chance foot in the door lights out. Were you as down as you were before? Or did you have a good feeling that you're eventually going to make a practice squad type thing? No, I had hope I'd make a practice squad. I wasn't as low. Like, I think that's the lowest I've ever been in my life. Draft was after the draft. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it was like, eh, whatever. This doesn't hurt as bad. Like I've been to the worst. I can deal with this. It sucked though. It sucked just getting calls and like, the Chargers told me they're going to bring me in and sign me on Monday. But that Sunday, uh, Danny Woodhead tore his ACL. So they needed to bring in running backs. So you just deal with a bunch of stuff like that. It's just a whole bunch of people telling you stuff that never happens. That's the hard part. Yeah, so a lot of it, I guess, is out of your hands. Like, it's literally this league is a breathing, living thing. And sometimes it just doesn't work it's out. It's cutthroat, dude. Oh. I, I honestly can't imagine. Okay, so let me go down this list a little bit longer. September... First, 2018, you were waived by the Raiders and re-signed to the practice squad on October 22nd, 2018. So, 2017, were you on Were you on the roster that entire year? Yeah. Okay. So, and then last year, it looks like you were sent back to the practice squad and waived on November 5th and re-signed to the practice squad. Waived on November 13th and re-signed to the practice squad. And then mm-hmm. signed as... So, what's this? A reserve slash future contract... Of January 1 this year. It means you ended the year uh, either on Peace Squad or at home, but they wanted you for the offseason. Okay, so they want to invite you to the OTAs. They want to bring you out to training camp and things like that. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So pretty much what it was is that last year we switched coaches, switched systems. They, I, my, I don't fit a 4-3 D end, and I'm not a 4-3 linebacker. I'm a 3-4 outside linebacker. It's kind of what I am. So they moved me to middle linebacker. I played that for a while. Come to camp. They moved me to Sam, which off the ball, and there's... Started playing pretty good. Played actually really good in preseason. Really good. And then they released me just because I didn't really fit. And then just a whole bunch of trash. I heard a whole bunch of stuff that nothing never happened. But then the Raiders ended up bringing me back seven weeks later after a week. I, I played really good that week in practice. They activated me. They didn't dress me, though. But I was on roster and I was at the game. And then the next week they told me I was going to start on nickel. And then it turns out people got hurt and one dude uh, asked to be released. And so they needed to bring other people to see it, to, to try them out. So I got bumped back to P squad and then I was going to get activated again. And then we heard a bunch of receivers. They had to bring a bunch of receivers in. So they sent me home for two weeks. Oh my gosh. And then they brought me back and I finished out the season on P squad. So I, I, you don't have to answer this question either, but like financially, like, are you losing money every time you're getting cut? Are you like, how does that structure work? Like, do they, are you guaranteed yes. an X amount of money or no, nothing's guaranteed. So, all contracts are for NFL players are this is how much you'll make if you play all 17 weeks, right? Uh-huh. And so your, your salary is broken up by 17, and if you miss a week, you don't get that money. So it's per week for you? 100%. Man. And does that count? So if you're on the practice squad, does that count towards, like, do you get paid for that week? Yeah, but you're on a lower contract. Okay. Lower so, your- like, rookie minimum is like 465, we'll say. So if you're making 465,000 rookie. I mean, P squad, you're making 100. Okay. So 100 divided by 17. Right. So I'm saying if I was home for, what, eight weeks last year, I mean, I'm making 50. Yeah. That makes sense. Man, that is, that's, I think that's one thing that the NFL's got to like, the player association's got to kind of step up and get guaranteed contracts because. Good luck. (laughs) I don't, I don't, you might, I don't want to get too much into that, but like, what's stopping them? 
uh, owners. But yeah, like the NBA, like they hold out. Why? Why don't NFL players hold out? Because, like I told you, dude, not a lot of people can sit through all that week, like all that time, without getting paid. So, I mean, there's a bunch of us, like in my situation, like we made like 50 grand last year, and then you got to take out freaking state tax, agent fees, financial advisor fees, plus anything else you're paying, and so, and then you don't get really paid. You don't get paid at this time in the off season, so you're gonna hold out on. You know, I mean, twenty grand when they're used to making money, yeah. And you still got rent, and a lot of people are taking care of their family and stuff. So the people are like, dude, how do NFL players go broke so easy? It's like, well, they don't see nearly as much money as you see. You just see Derek Carr making a hundred million, but you don't see James Cowser on these four hundred thousand dollar contracts. They get cut in half, three times. You know what I mean? And then you get people like me, like I, I at least like, am somewhat frugal, right? Like I'm super cheap. But you get dudes that like are used to living that life. That it just catches up to them real quick. It hits a lot quicker than you think. Yeah, I yeah that so, that broke for thirty for thirty is one of the better thirty for thirties they put out. I think was it Andre Reed that was like the main guy they interviewed about that kind of stuff. And it's pretty interesting and really sad to be honest. Mm-hmm. And I know that came out like that came out like three or four. Actually, it's even maybe even longer ago than that. But uh, do you feel like the NFL does a good job of of preparing? kids they're just coming into all this money like be able to deal with it and yeah is, is it better than it used to be yeah like for it, sure like as a rookie you got to do a whole bunch of stuff like you're going through all these different trainings and these week-long like like symposiums and stuff it was so annoying for me just because i'm like they're like running through budgets and i'm like dude i don't got a club budget i don't go out to the club like what am i gonna spend club a th- chef budget <laughs> yeah what am i gonna do spending a thousand dollars on clothes a month like everything i wear is free like I'm wearing a shirt right now from Flint from 12 years ago. Jordan These brand, are cut baby. off sweats from SUU, dude. That's what I'm saying. Like, so that kind of stuff is like I know. Like I'm not spending no money anyway. So it's super boring for me, but they really do try to help people. For those of you that can't see, it's a really dope shirt. It's MJ in probably 1980. I don't know. Probably his rookie year, looking fresh, yeah, looks staring good. down the camera. Is it the it's black and shirt. white one? The pictures in like a black and white. Or no, it's, it's, it's literally like a yeah. picture taken out of Sports Illustrated, like plastered on it. It's a dope shirt. It's That's dope why shirt. I still got it. <laughs> so we, we've talked about a couple ups, uh, but a few downs here in your, your, your NFL playoff career, obviously, or NFL career. Uh, you've, <laughs> you've been, what, it's been three years going on four. Yep. There's obviously been some ups. Yep. Um, what would you say, um, you know, especially in 2016, you know, going through, you know, after getting cut, what are some things that kept you going? Like, what are some of the ups that you had that kept you just... Dude, my first pass rush of my career, I got a sack. That was super dope. Tell us about it. Uh, went to a long-arm stab on this dude. I knew he opened up. I went up. My coaches were harping on me, not over-rushing the quarterback all week. Came back inside. Our nose tackle got pressure. Tyrod Taylor likes... Tyrod, I don't know how to say it. Tyrod Taylor likes to panic. He panicked my way. I caught him and slammed him. And, like, freaking came back and everybody's like, you should have popped the ball out. I don't care. I just want to get him down. You know what I mean? That was good. But, like... A lot of stuff like that. Like my first tackle was on special teams, on against Ted Ginn, freaking whipped him down. Like there's different <laughs> stuff like that. You know what I'm saying when you when you make a play, that really just keeps you going. This isn't my thunder to steal at all, but I gotta say. So I was out in California visiting our last guest, Chase Flint, and uh, this was early December of 2016, and the Raiders were at the Bills, and I, or the Bills were at the Raiders. Excuse mm-hmm. me. I was just getting on. I was at LAX. Getting on the shuttle to take me to whichever terminal I was at, I can't remember, probably flying Delta, shouts to Delta. And uh, I got on the shuttle, 
And this dude had the Raiders-Bills game. The driver had the Raiders-Bills game on the TV in the shuttle. <laughs> and I'm literally getting on and sitting down as I see James Cowser come out of the backfield and smash Tyron Taylor. <laughs> I jumped out of my seat. I was like, that's my guy. Everybody's looking at me like, who is this? And I'm crazy. like pointing at the screen. That's my guy, James Cowser. That's dope. It was, I was honestly so stoked. I know uh, it, was, it was honestly perfectly serendipitous. The timing was as I got on the shuttle. It happened. The bus driver almost lost his crap. He didn't know what was going on. He's like looking up. He's like, who is this guy? <laughs> Psychos on the bus. I was like, that's, that's my guy. So that, was, uh, that, was, that was a pretty cool thing for me anyway. And I, I might be going into the realm of like Kurtz just making this up because I have a story of seeing that play live too. Uh, we were watching the Skins game. <laughs> <laughs> we were watching the Skins game and uh, we knew that you were on or you were active that game. So we were flipping back and forth. And then my brother's like, dude, just go back. We're like, I don't know. We were either getting killed or – being or killing someone that's kind of how redskins games go and my yeah. brother's like just go to the raiders game dude i'm like okay yeah i flip it over direct tv shout out uh uh league pass is that what it's called nfl ticket you shout out shouting out people that aren't sponsors you gotta start being <laughs> nfl season ticket savvy. nfl season ticket shout out okay how about this shout out kathy pruitt for paying for season ticket and there bumming you go that that's, that's something there we that go. matters all right and uh i'm not kidding you it we watched one play and the second play was you getting that sack and the Pruitt household lit up, dude. Like, louder than any Redskins touchdown of that season or the past five years. <laughs> it was so that. much fun, dude. That I I remember, like, the text threads that were blown up. It was a good time, dude. That was that was yeah. very fun. It's a good time for all of us. And I'm assuming things like that were the things that just kind of kept you going, right? Obviously, huge moments like that. And yeah. Obviously, you have confidence Like, in yourself, that kind but. of stuff, like, is what keeps your confidence going. But, like, even in the dark times, man, like, just that, like, internal desire to succeed. You know what I mean? Like, you just can't quit. There's too much on the line for us, like, family and friends and, like, really just myself. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I, I want to quit. There's actually times where you just, like, want to quit. Like, you get, like, deal with imposter syndrome pretty bad, that kind of stuff. But it's just like, yeah, whatever. I can do this. Like, I've done it on the biggest stage multiple times. Like, I looked at my, like, tackles per play, and it was absurd. Like, it was crazy high. So, like, I know when I get opportunities, I'm a playmaker. I know I'm not pretty. I don't run the fastest. I don't look the best. But, like, Sunshine. I know I can make plays. You know what I mean? And that's what I do. I'm a playmaker. And that's what kind of keeps me going. That's dope. I don't know what you're talking about, so, dude. You have fantastic hair. Dude, try, like, freaking going after Khalil Mack on pass rush one-on-ones. Like, you you could do the prettiest move in the world and it's still going to look bad. That's, that's <laughs> very fair. This dude will lift people up. I saw him in-out stutter-step Donald Penn, who's an all-pro freaking Pro Bowl tackle. And made him whiff on his face. I've never seen a grown man do anything like that. And the next play, he ran someone over. So he's got it all. And then here comes old Cowstown. Lumbering along. <laughs> falling into a sack, right? Hey, hey, they don't ask. At the end of the day, they don't ask how. They just ask how many. That's right. So everybody has this. And obviously, every professional athlete has this, I would assume. They, they sign with the team. They start, work, oh, oh. they start working out with them. Maybe it's in practice. Maybe it's in your first game. Uh-huh. When was your first... Oh, expletive, I'm in the NFL now. Like was good it, or bad? Either one. Was uh, it that, like you just mentioned, with Khalil Mack when you went one-on-one against him? I never went one against I followed him. Oh, you, okay. Uh, thank heavens. Uh, I think that sack was like a super good, like, holy cow. Like, when, man, you get the sack and then you walk out the wrong way, like the defense behind you. You get that, like, gladiator moment where freaking 80,000 people are just, like, cheering for you. You get to do your little dance or whatever you do. I just pointed. I'm lame. I'm white is what it is. 
Nah, but my like, oh no, I'm in the NFL was a first live practice. I remember pre-practice looking over, and the old linemen started working on like power plays, some pulling stuff. And I was like, they haven't hit us with those yet. First play I was in, we were in full pads. Here comes freaking 350 pounds right from my head. All my like the buckles, every buckle on my helmet exploded. It almost came off. I was like seeing stars. It's the hardest I've ever been hit in my life. I thought I stuck him though. Then we watched film and I kind of got knocked pretty good. <laughs> but like whatever, like that was like oh here we go. And then like all through that training camp was just like a whole lot of oh my gosh moments. Like I tell people a lot. Like we get done with like special teams and team run. Team runs intense in camp. Insane. It's hot. You're dead. And like I was so tired. Like I couldn't tell. I thought I was pissing myself, but I couldn't tell, and I didn't know, and I didn't care. That's how tired I was. I was drooling. My eyes were droopy. Probably had heat stroke. But then it's like, four seven. You're up. Strap it up and get in. Like you got a lot of them moments, like dog days, where you make it through and pays off. That's crazy. So when you, you know, your first few weeks. And even, I mean, not just your first few weeks in training camp, the very first time, your very first year, but even throughout, you see guys like Derek Carr, you see guys yeah. like Amari Cooper, you see guys like Khalil Mack. Do you have moments where you're like, were you starstruck at first? Was it one of those things? Or was it one of those like, yeah, I belong here, this is all good? No, I think with, uh, I think the biggest starstruck moment was Michael Crabtree. Okay. I think Crab, I was like, holy cow, I've been watching this dude since Texas Tech. I think he's like the best receiver in the league forever. Then you see him, and he's just like a super cool, funny dude. And you're like, whoa, I'm actually like associating with these people. That was cool. And then you obviously get to the point where like AB walks in the house, and you're like, oh, what's up, man? Like you should be used to it. Like, You know I don't play long snapper, right, buddy? <laughs> this is the question, though. Did he remember you from interviewing – or no, from teaching him Chinese like a year and a half ago? I highly doubt it. <laughs> I highly doubt it, but uh, it doesn't matter. He's like – he's been so cool, man. For those that are listening out there, look up the – it's probably in YouTube somewhere. I have James no Kowser teaches NFL players Chinese. It's a pretty dope commercial. It's I've cool. never – I don't look myself all up. Your, all your favorite stars are right there being taught by your boy Cowstown here how to say ni hao and, and anything yeah. else that comes along with it. Antonio Brown. Uh, who else? I can't remember who else was in there, but it was, it was pretty cool. Yeah. So kind of going off what Burke says, who's the, like, who's the guy I – think, I think I know the answer to this. But who's the guy when you're like, oh my gosh, like, there's NFL caliber athletes, and then there's this. There is like the oh, top yeah. 1.1% of human beings, and I'm with one of them. Who's your guess? Khalil Mack. 100%. Who's so a freak? He, is he just 260, like, rocked up, super fast, super agile, super strong. Like, it, there's like, you know what I mean? Like, NFL, and then there's people like him. Aaron Donald falls in that category. I mean, we're going to talk about people like – it's honestly the stars. The stars are stars for a reason. Like they do what they do. Uh, Vaughn Miller. Obviously, I'm like naming defensive people a lot. But like Pat Mahomes. Like Travis Kelsey is that saucy. Like it's crazy what he does every play. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I've seen Sa- – I trained with Saquon last year and his his thighs are like bigger than my head. Legit. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like they're all cool dudes. They're all super cool dudes but they're stars for a reason. Like the whole league works so hard and they're full of athletic freaks. But the people that stand out there, boy, people at home do not understand. Does uh, does the game come easy to them? Like extra easy to them? Uh, I don't want to discredit how hard they work. Like Antonio yeah. Brown, honestly, works so hard. Like I, w- I went to the, I was just messing around because I like, you know, what I mean, I like to be entertained, so I went in with the 
the strength staff, and I looked up all the GPS numbers, and Antonio Brown practice numbers. So let's say like the average safety runs like one point, like the fa- the highest safety ran like one point eight miles in practice. Like receivers are running like two point six maybe around there. Antonio's running like three point five. Like he's finishing everything. He's running like you get guys like that. So like, so you guys wear trackers like fitness mm-hmm. trackers? Oh yeah, like heart rate trackers, all that stuff. Okay, but like. So I want to say, like, does the game come easy to them? Yes. But do they work for it as well? Very much so. So, Cal's, I want to wrap back around to something that you said earlier I've kind of been thinking about. Wrap around. Wrap around. <laughs> I want to let's, – let's, let's step back to a conversation you said. Um, you know, when you get into the lows, you, like, what gets you through that is oh, – Let's bring the pain back up. Yep, yeah, go on. Well, you I'm say – no, 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 no. I want to, I want to ask this in a in – a, in a good way. So you're talking about like you do it for like there's people behind you. You're doing it for yourself and things like that. But we can't have a podcast about the NFL without bringing up like long-term effects that it, you know, these. Oh yeah. My CTE. Know. Yeah. Your CTE that you probably have and you're going to get. My, my pending, uh, what's it called? Oh, it's funny. It's hilarious. I can't remember the word settlement. That's the word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, no lie. All right, here's the story. So I legit have a, like a concussion settlement. I'm like, we're like in trial right now or whatever the word, not trial necessarily, but like it's in process. Last year I had to fly out to Oakland and I have to fly out again this July, but I had to fly out for a deposition. Dude, I missed the flight because I no. forgot what day it was on. I swear. <laughs> the irony there, dude. You've got to be kidding me. I thought me. it was the funniest thing in the world. And then like, it turns out I was like, so it was on Friday and I thought it was a Saturday. It's a Friday and I'm chilling. And I was like, all right, yeah. My thing's on Saturday. It's like, oh, the twentieth or whatever. I'm making a date up. And I was oh, like, yeah, man. the night. I was like, the nineteenth, Saturday. They're like, my mom's like, dude, that's today. What time is your flight? I looked at my clock an hour ago. Like, I had to buy a flight right then. I made it in time. I made it for my deposition, but I totally forgot. Oh my god! So gosh. I think that's kind of funny. Did you tell that to the? A hundred percent to the judge. When oh you got yeah. There? No, not the judge. So it's, a, it's another lawyer. Okay, but it was on record. We told that story. Dude, my freaking! If you could read like my deposition, it's hilarious. Did you write it? I pro- no, the stenographer does. But like, I was not nearly as professional as I should have been. <laughs> They're like, all right, let's see your ID. They give them my ID and I had like, oh, I have my beard again. So I, at the time I didn't have a beard. But I was also like a little thicker in the face. I was weighing probably like 15 pounds heavier, 20 pounds heavier. And so I had this, the, the, the lawyer and she's just like, whoa, this is you? <laughs> and I started looking at it going, yeah, pretty burly, huh? And like that's like all <laughs> that's the official on deposition. <laughs> On record, you mean just be like, yeah, pretty bright. Like, just cracking jokes left and right. Oh. Like, I kept nodding, too. Like, you have to say yes. And I kept just, like, nodding at her. And the stenographer would be like, hey! Oh, yes. <laughs> so, okay. So, so you, you're, obviously, you've had brain trauma or whatever. I don't, <laughs> that sounds terrible. Obviously. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> well, no. So, you turn on these stories. You, you've had concussions. We talked about a few earlier before. Or one at least big one that kind of put your career in a little bit of a curveball yeah. situation. Like, and you know this. You know that what you're putting your body through and you know, like, is the is the payout worth it in your head? Like, to be honest, like, is the payout worth it? Do you think what you potentially are putting yourself through, is it worth going through all that? Is it for, like, love of the game? Like, what's driving you to, like, put yourself through that? Nah, man. It's just, like... Uh, <laughs> joke answer first. I mean, I already got dementia in my family, so might as well speed up the process. Who cares? <laughs> you know what I mean? Totally. Like, I'm gonna live a good 35 years and call it a day. <laughs> no, nah, for real though. But the real answer is just like, 
Yeah, like that stuff kind of popped up, but then it's just kind of like, um, I've played football for 20 years now. I'm pretty sure quitting before I get paid isn't going to change much, which is also incorrect. That's a lie. I don't believe that. My theory on concussions is that it's like heavyweight boxers versus lightweight boxers. Why do heavyweights have more knockouts? Because they have the power to do it. So the same thing with the NFL. You get athletes that are big and fast and strong enough to knock people out. But, you know, I think about it. It makes me nervous. If I got another concussion, I'd probably quit. But uh, I don't know, man. At this point, it's just kind of like doing what you love. Do Not necessarily love of the game. It's just more like like desire to succeed and excel, right? And then hopefully try to get paid along the way. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm good with the answer. I just, you know, like... like obviously, you do it because you love football. Like if you didn't like the sport, you wouldn't be here. No, yeah, and I get that. But, you know, like the, there's... It, it's got to be, you know, scary and things like that, but... I don't think it's going anywhere, and to be honest, I love bragging that I have a friend in the NFL, so, you know, I'm going to root for you, and then kind of, like, as your friend, brush it to the side that you might I think we all will. Y'all can come visit me in my freaking, like, mental hospital. <laughs> and the way, the way we can rationalize, I mean, you know, we could, there's a, there's a risk with anything we do, whether it's getting in our car, driving to work, um, you know, anything we can do, there there's some sort of inherent risk, and when you're doing what you love, I mean... It's just how and often are you willing to roll the dice. And that's you know the thing I mean? is how often are you willing to roll the dice, but you can see how there's uh, there's definitely a trade-off, and it'd be, it'd be nice if there was a, a solid line of demarcation. But, see, uh, but that's what I'm doing for my settlement. I'm nuance. just trying to get, like, you know I mean, hopefully money if I can, but also, like, insurance on my head for the rest of my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, health-wise, I can always be monitored and take care of it, and that's really what I want out of the settlement. Obviously, I want to, I want what I feel like I deserve. It's so, like that's kind of going in like those lawyers like how you want to spin the story is like dude I'm just gonna be straight up honest I'm gonna tell them what it is you're supposed to like play it for me they're gonna play it for them I feel like if I'm honest they're gonna find a nice middle but I just kind of want money and cash would be nice but also I really really want just health insurance on my head right and I feel like with all the awareness that's that's been brought about the last couple of years um, by not only ex players but uh, you know Will Smith doing his thing and some other people tell the um, truth. Tell the truth. That's my Will Smith impersonation. Sorry. I, I refuse to watch that movie, so I can't tell you. It's ultimately yeah. it's uh, it's moving in a positive direction, and obviously we want you guys to get what you deserve. Dude, I was twitching in college with my eyes. Like, I don't know if the NFL is going to do that much more to me. That's just lack of sleep and too much sitting in class, dude. I got that from the mission, dude. It's malnutrition because I wanted to eat buffets, <laughs> starve myself for a week. Yo, so we've uh, we, we've obviously run through a bunch of things. To, to kind of sum up the last – well, one, one last question for you. Now that you've, you've been in the, in the NFL and, and seen a lot of ups and a lot of downs and everything in between, what would you say that you've learned about yourself over the last three years? Dude, that's a really good question. Uh, first thing that comes to my head is what I tell a lot of people about me. I, uh, I feel like I'm really good like – I'm not like the most talented person in anything. I'm not the smartest, not the fastest in anything, really. But I feel like I'm like very, I'm very good at like picking stuff up pretty quick, and then I'm persistent through monotony. It's like I can get better than people faster than they can get better. If that makes sense. It's like whereas I may start behind, like I, my acceleration and improve rate is faster than a lot of people just because I'm willing to grit through a whole lot of crap. I mean, people don't want to go to the gym every day and do the same thing, but I can do that. I mean, it's like learning Chinese. Like I could study every day for every day for two years for an hour a day without losing any enthusiasm, right? I feel like that's kind of what I got going for me. 
which kind of gives me confidence in myself moving forward where it's like I don't necessarily know what I want to do, but I know that I can get there. I can hang my head on that, right? So I was, I'll never be like that dude, but I can be successful. I like that answer a lot, man. I'm sitting here thinking of how I can I need to apply that to my life, James. That's that was a great answer. (laughs) I appreciate it. A lot of sauna sessions with yourself, man. You got time to reflect. (laughs) (laughs) I don't get those, unfortunately. Um, James, man, this is a lot of fun. Thanks for doing this. James, yeah, no problem. Cowstown. I'll tell you what. Here's here's a Cows or James story. My my first two years, my special teams coach. When I did something good, he called me Cows. When I did something bad, he called me James. Because James is my white name. <laughs> so so if I looked white and like unathletic, he'd be like, all right, James, what do we got here? And like the whole place would erupt laughing. I knew something bad. But if it, if it was ever like, cows, like, yes, yeah, something Let's good's go. coming. <laughs> so I was like, that like kind of has hindered me towards my own first name. I don't love it too much. I'd be like, hey, James, ugh, what did I do wrong? All right, my bad. Cows, are, this, was, this has been fun. King James, then you know your freaking face is getting taken. Uh, no, it sounds like the wizard. Wait, wait, Berg was Mr. Wiggles. Mr. Wiggles killed King James. That sounds familiar. Sounds real. That does familiar. not sound familiar at all. <laughs> all I know is Sound-a-lot. all I know is Falco wins. Is what I heard a whole lot in melee. Here we go. All right, we need to <laughs> we need to settle Don't this soon. Me, I've actually got it fired up here, but uh, all I know is the rodents just peaking these days. So uh, he's he's reached the top of his powers. And he's ready to cast some some thunderbolts uh, oh, yeah. wherever he ends up. It's ten years too late. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, this was fun. Uh, Berg, this is the thoughts inside our head. Uh, signing off. What we want to finish it with anything here? No, thanks for everybody for tuning in. Uh, this year, if you don't have an NFL team, let's go hop on the uh, on, hop into the black hole, cheer for the Raiders, tune into cows, watch them kick some butt. And uh, once again, thanks everybody for listening. Special shout out to cows for coming on to us. Coming on, coming on to do this. Oh. What's my age again?